welcome everyone to the first ever episode of the Open Podcast, where we talk about founders, interesting things, trends in technology or otherwise. My name is Jan, and today I have a very, very, very special guest. I've known him for a while, but uh, I kind of lost touch with him, and then he resurfaced to me at least, and I was super excited of what he's done. Today's guest, Selim Benaya, first episode. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, Jan. Hi. I'm happy to be here, man. It's exciting. First episode. Let's go. Yes, I'm super excited. You never forget the first, right? So, you don't. Selim, who are you? Tell us. What do you do? Wow. Okay, that, that's a start. Um, <laughs> who am I? Well, I'm a friend of yours, it seems. We've known each other for quite some time. Um, and... I think I went through different periods of sort of reimagining myself, right? So when, when we got to know each other, we were playing football, American football, that is, for any Swiss yep. people listening. Um, so there I was just someone loving sports and, and going all in on sports. Um, after that, I became um, a student of, of biophysics, actually. So I, I studied biophysics. I had a bachelor in molecular biology and then a master's in biophysics. Um, and that sort of led to, to the next chapter in my life, right? From, from being a sportsy kind of student to now being a nerdy kind of student in biophysics. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to sort of work in a lab here in Basel at the Biocenter um, that was sort of working on a very interesting product um, that they were trying to spin out of the university and sort of my curiosity was was you know um i, I was looking into into what they were building and, and it was sort of a microscope that was sort of a modern spin on an atomic force microscope. So for anyone who does not know what it is, probably 99% of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, let's go. What's biophysics? <laughs> yeah, so, so basically, basically we, were, we were looking at, at, at breast cancer and that okay. sort of piqued my curiosity because I, I really, you know, thought it's an important topic. And um, since they were in, in the process of spinning, sort of spinning this out of the university, you know, sort of, starting up a company um i got my head into startups right what does it mean to start a company why should anyone do that mm -hmm. and um we can sort of speak about that probably a little later but my sure. personality was sort of you know i think went very well with starting something yeah and um so i then got in into that sort of little spin spin out or startup from that university spent some time there and then moved on so, so how how does that so how does that happen right I, I just imagine you know you're a student you're like you're doing sports you're curious you're playing video games you go to parties you have all that student life and suddenly Kinda. you know you, you follow that curriculum and suddenly you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm, yeah. I'm gonna i'm gonna try to build something how did that how did that happen for you were you always yeah. that curious or or is it just were you always feeling the urge of building something or, or is it just that at some point you were like, oh, yes, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And, um, you know, obviously I, I, I tried to do some soul searching, like why am I the way I am, right? Like why 
am I constantly trying to sort of reach the next thing and constantly sort of why do I want to build the next thing? Like, where does this come from? And I just think um, it's part of my personality, man. It's, it's you know, that's that's why also what, what I said at the beginning, right? I, I was this sporty kind of dude when we met. And, you know, by all means, the, the sport that we did was not, you know, it was not just a hobby, right? It, yeah. it, it was, it took over your life. Right? We and were also, literally, go ahead. It, it also wasn't just about sport, right? American football, that's so much your body is just a just a tool yeah and that you use your brain and it's more of a brain sport right yeah well you know and, and also i think what i try to say is you got to be really 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 dedicated to do it especially here in switzerland you know where it's not this fancy sort of social you know social capital kind of thing that you do it because you want to be cool you know, nobody actually comes to your games, you know, or, or rarely people come to your games. But, you know, you work so hard for these games, right? And I think that just showed a a part of my personality that I just want to do things and then I do them to the max. You know, I just yeah. I just want to explore them and really, really get good at it. And football was one thing. But then on the other side, you know, my studies were the same. Once I got in, I really loved, you know, everything that was molecular biology, everything that was physics, everything, you know, in that in that universe. And I just pursued that like a maniac. Right. So yeah. and and the same thing then happened with entrepreneurship. Right. Because I think my mind was wired or my personality is wired to to do my own thing. I'm I'm not employable, you know. That's that's what I sort of <laughs> sort of noticed. You know that that sounds weird, but literally I'm not. Like it doesn't sound weird, not at all. It, you know, it, I, I, I don't me. I don't think it it would be it would be sort of fun to employ me, unless I really respect you know the sort of the mission and the purpose that we go after. Yeah, yeah. You touch on a on, on such a big point for me in my life. I think you know haven't been an entrepreneur earlier and then getting employed in a company with the purpose that you pursue. Right. I also think I'm completely unemployable. I have like, it's that, that entrepreneurial mind and, yeah. and you need a certain freedom and honest to God, sure. I, I cannot believe right now that I even have this freedom in a company. I don't feel like I'm yeah. employed. Right. I'm, I'm just there. I pursue the purpose yeah, that's and that's, and that's absolutely key. And I can only imagine for you, that's the same thing, right? It's, it's this yeah, so purpose. Exactly. Just... So that, that's what I pursued, right? I, I sort of, you know, startups are, are islands of misfits, right? Literally, you, you know, people who come to work with you in the very early days, they just are also not employable anywhere else, right? Because you, you got to imagine, man, like you, you start, you know, let's say you and your co-founder, right? So you're these two freaks that, you know, start this company out of sheer will, like startups, everyone knows are default dead. If you don't work, nothing happens, right? Yeah. So you literally out of sheer will, you sort of get something going, you excite other people, be it employees, be it investors, be it customers, you excite them out of nothing. And then you build something and you try to sell it to, to the entire world, right? And now imagine the first employees that you get. These are just freaks as you, because basically they jump into this story that you sort of craft for them, sort of this mm. vision, and they just give you your time and they give you their skills. And these people are amazingly skilled. I mean, the first couple of employees that we hired, 
are far and beyond the strongest people I've ever worked with. And then imagine they get just a slice of equity and then work as much as you do as a founder mm. and have the same uncertainty as you have as a founder. Yeah. So these got to be special characters, right? Yeah. And, so and so it's, it's this island of misfits that then can build something uh, tremendously beautiful. You're... I mean, it literally sends me shivers down my down my arm when I hear it. You know, it's what you also describe is something I feel a lot. It's this, and I'm curious to to hear what you think about it. That that back against the wall feeling. If you don't do it, no one's gonna do it. And oh, then yeah. on, that's for some people like a huge pressure, right? Sure. And then there's the other one of like these people give you your time, their time, and their yeah. dedication. And you, you have a certain responsibility, right? And I wonder for you, is that catalyst or, or pressure and fear or, or a little bit of both? I'm curious to, to hear from you. Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, obviously I reflected on that, you know, um, while we were, while we we're running um, or running the company. Um, and, you know, I, I came to terms to sort of not feel responsible for their choices. Right. I came to terms with um, not sort of doing it for them. I did it for, you know, every Harry Potter fan will know that reference, but I did it for the greater good, you know. Um, doing something for the greater good can be sort of a cowardly sort of excuse to do things mm. a little, you know, hard for, for some people. But I, I really believe that I optimize for the company, right? So I had to get these people in. Because one, I really, really liked to work with them and they were just amazing. But two, also because I knew if I get that higher, the company is going to do just so much better. Yeah. And then obviously when we work together, I mean, yes, they, they, they worked really hard. And sometimes I, you know, I saw that it, it's, they, they work the same hours as I do and yet do not get the same compensation because of, of the equity. So you, sometimes you do feel bad because you, you, you grow to like those people. But hey, at the end of, their, of the day, it was their choice, right? And they're, they're having a right of their lifetime, you know? That's why, Absolutely. you know, you, you sort of build your, your group around you, right? That's what I said, sort of when I say I was unemployable or, or the island of misfits. You build your own, your own island, right? You mm -hmm. get the people around you where you can thrive and, and sort of move things. And this was a huge unlock for me. You know, it was like, because before that, maybe that's sort of a, a personal touch to the story, but before that, you know, before sort of moving away from, let's say, Basel, I always felt like not being part of, of a bigger group, you know, especially after football, it was like, man, I'm, yes, I'm doing my studies and I love them, but something's not right. You know, something, and that's why I was, I, I tended to be a bully sometimes, you know, I tended to be kind of hard to people. Um, and, you know, after reflecting, I sort of noticed why. And it was like, I never felt part. It was like these people that were around me at that time, for me, I'm not saying, you know, that this is the truth, but I had the feeling they were not ambitious enough. They were not thinking big enough. They were not hard thing, uh, working hard enough. So I didn't sort of, I, I felt I felt like the odd one out because my ideas tended to be crazy. I tended to be too aggressive. I tended to be, you know, you name it. And, and that was not because I'm such an extreme person. I don't think at all, but it was just because the people that were surrounding me were on a 
on a different sphere. And I'm, I'm mm. not saying this as a positive or a negative. It's just a fact that in my eyes, I was, I was the odd one out. And then something magical happened. I got to the ETH mm. uh, in Zurich. And the people around me were just so different. And this was a huge catalyst for me. It was like, oh, I'm not the crazy one anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm a founder. And here are people who see that. And this was the catalyst for me. You know, it wasn't the pressure from other people that they were giving me their time. It was just an environment that sort of was on the same level. I, I, it's, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's funny because um, I just recently had a conversation with someone about exactly that. I also, I never, I, I thought I'd never fit in. So weird. For me, the unlock wasn't like the ETH. For me, the unlock was like this gateway to this like-minded people yeah. um, was, was the internet, you yeah. know? The internet sure. is for me like the eighth wonder of the world. You just find people no matter where on planet Earth that have like the same drive, same vision, and, and you you build your own community, right? Yeah, definitely. And you build your own island, right? Yeah, you build, <laughs> you build your own island. Yeah. Um, so, for the good and bad, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of problems that we have in today's world is because of that because people tend to associate with what they know. Um, so you obviously you got to do a, co a conscious effort in, you know, be it in hiring, be it in having friends, be it in, in your online communities to sort of have diversity in them, you know? So subscribe to the left, subscribe to the right, subscribe to the middle, subscribe to, you know, black, white, yellow, everything. Try to do yeah. that actively. And, and obviously um, I had to do that in my own company then as well. Right. Mm. So, so we, we, we talked about, you know, kind of the upbringing, school of life and sure. at school of football and, and getting into ETH and suddenly yeah. you're there with, with all the people that are like-minded and you realized you're a founder, you're not crazy. And maybe yeah. also something for me is like, you realize you're not stupid, right? Because that was for me something back in the day when people don't understand your thoughts and like, look at you mm. weirdly. You sometimes, you know, yes, like this. This imposter syndrome, if you like, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe my ideas aren't big. Maybe I'm just stupid, right? So, yeah. so, so you get there and you, you realize you have that unlock. And, and then what happens? How did, you, how did you get to Rosie? How did you get from student to Rosie? Sure. So, so yeah, I, the, the story we were at, um, I was joining that medtech startup, right? That was moving out of, out of my lab. Yeah. So since... As we just covered, my personality was sort of geared towards being an entrepreneur. I moved with them and sort of spun that company out with them. Um, long story short, it was about one and a half years of of having a difficult time, sort of trying to get that company up and running. Um, and not not because um, you know the product wasn't wasn't viable. Um, it was just a team in itself that was very difficult to keep together. Too many, let's say, founder types, too many, too much ego. Um, mm. and, and at that time, I wasn't mature enough. Um, well, I was 22. But yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't mature enough to sort of understand um, why you should not have ego about certain things. So I was, I was part of the problem, right? Um, and so after one and a half years, I said, that's enough. Uh, I move on. And, and this is where I sort of got out of this cloud of I don't feel sort of being part of something and move to the ETH. Mm -hmm. That startup today still exists. They're, they're still doing fine. Um, they're still growing the team. So that's good for them. Um, I was happy to move on. Um, and then, yeah, I got to the ETH. And there, as we said, I just had a support network almost immediately. 
I, I got to the autonomous systems lab with a professor called Roland Siegwart um, over some, you know, um, different paths. We met, our, our, our paths crossed. And he was just, he's just a tremendous supporter of innovation. And I think a tremendous supporter of character. Um, and so through his help, um, I met my co-founder, uh, also Peter, Peter Spence. Um, we met at an accelerator in Zurich and Peter actually came from London. Um, he studied at the RCA in London, um, which is the Royal College of Art. Um, but he has a very interesting background, which is um, innovation design. So he's an engineer and a designer, which mm. is, you know, just a beautiful sort of cross section of this Venn diagram, which allows you to build nice products. And so we then met at an accelerator where he, he got in with a weird idea of a product, a weird little robot. And, and I thought, dude, that's, that's so cool. I love robots. I, I love sort of, you know, what, what Peter is working on. Um, and so we met up over coffee, uh, two or three times. The story is I, I wrote him like five emails. He never replied. Um, <laughs> so this happened. Um, so I, I kept, I kept just emailing him and, and because I, I loved the product, right? Um, and then we met in this accelerator and, you know, long story short, the idea of his product wasn't that strong, let's say. Um, and so then together at, at the ETH, we, we pivoted the product into then what became Rosie, which was this augmented reality sort of application or technology on, on the iPhone. So, so, so it was a physical robot. Yes, at the time like, when Peter like and I Cosmo. met for the very first, yeah. So it was so fun, fun story, right? The Cosmo um, sort of came out of the same sort of circles where Peter was at um, okay. at the RCA, um, and and also the Kano, which was this other sort of little um, Raspberry Pi powered um, PC uh, where kids could learn to code. And basically, the robot of, of Peter was, was a, a robot that should te teach kids to, to code as well. Um, okay. But it was, su it was super clunky. Um, <laughs> and so, so we pivoted out of that. <laughs> and thanks to the help of DTH, we had the time and sort of the environment where we could sort of brainstorm on ideas and how to move on as a team if we want to do that, right? And, and so it was the perfect environment. Um, uh, so I'm super curious. How do you... Uh, this was when? 2000? Uh, 2016. That's five years ago. And, and I've, yeah. I, I, just, I just think about, you know, like Pokemon Go was the first like augmented reality thing yeah. that really popped. Yeah. How did you, five years ago, came to the conclusion, hey, we should do AR? How does that happen? Yeah. Like, that was... How did you go from, hey, we have this cool little robot and it kind of works and it's there. And then like, you yeah. know what, well, let's do it all virtual. Was it, was it like stock costs and you couldn't produce them and it's super hard? Or, or how did you do yeah, just so, the thought process? Funnily enough, you, you sound just like Peter about five years ago. Because um, Peter literally said, like, why should we do, like, this makes no sense to um, but at the time, so obviously, um, Peter and I, we were well aware, right? That, um, hardware is really, really hard. And, um, obviously, uh, to be honest, Peter was more aware than I am because, because he, you know, he was doing the batches, he was doing the engineering sort of the, the, the 3d printing stuff and, you know, all of yep. that. So, so he knew exactly that, dude, this is going to be a, a pain to get going. And, um, I was just super interested in, in VR and AR at that time. 
Um, and AR, you know, especially because, so this was pre-Pokemon Go, um, but, but I just, just knew um, that AR would be something because, I mean, just imagine, so the pitch that we made back then was we give digital objects a physicality, you know, and then it, so, so this sort of sentence or, or this sort of, you know, um, string of words made no sense to nobody. <laughs> It's like, what do you mean? So you have you have physical objects. You're gonna give them physicality. What does that even mean? You know, like. um, But for for us, it was like it was so clear because we had this robot that was so this physical robot that was roaming around the room, and you were sort of guiding it with your phone. And I was like, that's stupid. Like, why would you sell hardware if we could do the same but just using the phone? And then sort of Google Tango was coming up. Google Tango was sort of the project of Google back then mm. um, where they were using Sandphones, sort of collaboration with Aces and all that stuff, where they were trying to get AR going. And I think somewhere I, I sort of, I think my first touch point was the HoloLens actually. So HoloLens 1. Microsoft and I saw too. like a, yeah, from Microsoft. And I saw like a, um, this was 2015, end of 2015. And I saw sort of a, an engine of a car through those hololenses and you have this stereo sound and everything and i was blown away like even though the, the field of view was so small and everything you know if if you were aligning your eyes just right you would see the entire engine and you would hear the sound coming from everywhere in the room and you were like holy cow <laughs> like this thing is here right yep. so so i remember that vividly as if as if it was real right and so so i think this sort of you know what kept you know sort of being in my head and um yeah one thing led to the other and we said dude let's just do that as ar so we're gonna have a virtual robot sort of roaming around your room and you know no hardware costs no yeah. we we can we can up, update in seconds rather than in in, in freaking batches of of hardware like it made yes. total sense you right? can make it fly very easily very easily man <laughs> right. you, teleport you know, fly gravity, right? <laughs> everything you can do everything man um, <laughs> just and, get rid of and, gravity and, and so exactly man and and this was then when also peter had the buy-in right um because it, it just made sense man um, but obviously, you know, then uh, you had the technical challenge of actually making this work. So there was no AR kit, no, mm. you know, any AR SDKs from Google, any AR SDKs from from Apple, no nothing, right? Yeah. So then we we just started uh, working on on the on the engineering of the camera, basically of the camera systems, and that's then how it started. Wow, that must have been such a huge thing, right? I mean, there's if if I if I think about it now, right? I, I dabble sometimes in like a, adobe arrow or or all these things that now <laughs> you just point the camera and you click and it like you swirl it around and it centers yeah. it and it's in the room and you yeah. didn't have any of that we had no not nothing of that was there so basically had, back, back then you still had to triangulate triangulate um yeah. so basically for for the uninitiated to to sort of under, to, to sort of get the the depth point of a room to basically, quickly a background, to place AR convincingly into the room, you need to understand the three-dimensional sort of setup of the room, right? Yep. And usually an RGB camera, which is just a camera that you have in your phone, mm -hmm. um, usually just gives you a flat image, right? Obviously, because it's literally an image projected onto your screen. There is no depth information. So how you would do that um, before any of these uh, AR SDKs 
um, or AR platforms, uh, you would need two cameras, just like we humans need two eyes, right? Yeah. Um, so you would need two cameras, shoot them at the same point, more or less, right? And then just triangulate the position of the cameras, understand, and then you could understand where that point is in the room. Um, and so that that was how you did it. And and we said, well, we got to do it with one camera. Um, and, and obviously you had handy gyroscopes and everything, accelerometers yeah. in your phone. And through sort of, you know, nifty um, connections between the gyroscope, the camera position and so on, the velocity and so on, um, we could sort of start determining uh, the depth of a point in the room. And, and did you did you have any of those skills like to make I it myself? happen? Or like like you internally, or did you have to go look for it? So when when we said let's let's go for um, software instead of hardware, um, Peter's skills became obsolete very fast, and mine weren't even there. Right. So um, yes, Peter and I we did the very first sort of prototypes. Um, just because, I mean, you know, we, we, we dabbled in software. Um, but obviously, you know, the strength, I think, of, of good founders or just good managers, that is, is to understand, you know, when to get new people in and basically what to delegate, right? And definitely yeah. sort of developing that software was something that, you know, neither Peter or I could have pulled off in a quick enough of time. Um, so this is when... I uh, cashed in on a promise and um, called my very, very good friend, um, Florian, Florian Maushaut. Um And Florian and I, we met at, at the University of Basel. He was a visiting student. And he's one of those students that is just so absurdly smart. <laughs> it's like, it's ridiculous talking to him. And he's not just so, so smart. He's also just such a genuinely nice person. Hmm. I mean, he, ha he has everything. And we, we met at, at, at Uni Basel and promised to each other, because we were dabbling in software together back then, and we promised each other that if we're ever going to build a serious company, we're going to call each other. And whoever, you know, builds one first is going to get the other one in. And so, so, you know, I called him and said, dude, Florian, I think I'm onto something big. I have a very, very good co-founder next to me, Peter. And I have the support of, of, you know, good people at ETH. We have some money. I think this is it. This is our shot, you know? It's the and promise. Then, I'm calling yeah, it in. Promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And dude, Florian was like, well, shit, I'm just in uh, at UPenn. Because obviously oh, wow. he's at UPenn because he's fucking smart, right? <laughs> so obviously he's at UPenn and, and working on, on, on swarm drones or something. Jesus. Like, I don't, like, you know, all these, these Chinese bajillion drones formations that they have, you know, that build yeah. images and all of that. So he was working on fireworks that. now, yeah. Exactly. So he was working yeah. on that and, and sort of the swarm aspect of, of robots and stuff. Wow. So I was like, dude, you got to get, you got to get back to Zurich, man. I think, I think. <laughs> Did you have this, something. you have this red carpet lined up for you and you like on the, on your way to be an academic creme de la creme. Yeah. I need you to quit that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how, that literally how it was. That's literally how it was. And I was like, dude, I mean, we have this, this cool robot thing going on, man. You have to come back. <laughs> We have this virtual robot thing. It's not even hardware. It's nothing Dude, it's like not your drones. Hardware. Dude, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't even good at software back then. But I knew 
but I knew, dude, Florian is so smart and such such a nice guy. First of all, I just love to work with him. Yeah. And second, I know that the, he would he would help us. And so, you know, I gave him my pitch and um, I think I can be pretty convincing. And um, he came back, you know. Um, he, he finished his master's though. Um, okay. He finished his master's and then moved back with his girlfriend, now wife. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a whole, whole thing, man. He, he moved back to Switzerland and, um, started with us like literally, I think a day after he landed. So he was fully jet lagged, like fully out of it. But he, he came, came to our lab back then lab, not even office and, and started, well, I gave him the onboarding. I said, well, Florian, you remember that robot that I talked about like a week ago? We're doing AR now. (laughs) It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist. It's like hardware is nice, but it has no place in the future or in, in our future. Um, I think you gotta you gotta learn some Unity at least, you know. And 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 Unity is a game engine, um, yeah. C sharp. And so he 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 got he got up to speed in C sharp. The guy never touched C sharp in his life, much like you know never I did uh, either. But um, he was so fast. So what what took me like a month took him a week. And he just said okay. Well, like, I mean, like, like tell, tell me, like you're brushing over this, but I'm curious. So when you told like, remember that robot that we've been doing? Yeah, we're not sure. doing it anymore. And you moved sure. back here for that. Yeah. What is he just like, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, he was obviously, I mean, you know, um, he for sure had his thoughts. Um, but I think, you know, the, the proposition of, of working together and working on, on an interesting problem was enough for him. And then obviously, you know, I mean, talking about equity and all of that stuff. So we, we gave him a very nice equity package because basically he was a third co-founder, right? So Peter and I started it and dabbled, you know, like six months or something and, and did started to pivot from hardware to software, getting established, building up on networks, building on products. Um, the first five, four or five, six months, something like this, can't remember. Um, and we had the equity split pretty evenly amongst us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then obviously uh, I knew and Peter knew that we had to get Florian in, and so then we we split the equity between us accordingly. And obviously that that was also sort of I think just a a moment where where Florian knew that that we trust him, you know, and 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 value him to to get him in. And you know that's you touch on something having talked earlier about you know about leadership and it's, it's inspiration and inspiring people. It's so important to get the right people, right? It doesn't really matter if they have the skills or not, because if you know them, if you trust them, they're going to get it done. For sure. And, and, and I think the expertise is one part, but then like the personality is, is the huge other part, right? Yeah. I mean, you, and, you know, to, obviously to, to be clear here, you need people that have certain skills in certain areas that you're going to need. Um, yeah. But is it, is it a Swift developer, a C-sharp developer, a Python developer? Who cares? If he's smart enough, he's going to figure it out, right? Yeah. But obviously, I would not have called Florian if he would have been a marketing guy, right? So obviously, in, because at that stage, not, not bashing on marketing, but yeah. at that stage, we needed a developer. We needed an engineer, right? So that's why I called Florian. Okay. So you, you need people with the specific skills. Um, uh, but but this, to, to get your company up and running... Um, I believe to have you know more generalists than than very very niche people, unless you're tackling a super super specific sort of engineering problem. 
But mm. at that time, it was hugely beneficial that Florian knew a little bit of everything because then with his smartness, you know, with his intelligence, he, he could adapt really, really fast. Mm. Right? Connect that's, dots that's, probably. Exactly. That's, that's what, what you're looking for at the beginning, right? Cool. So, so that happens. Yeah. Um, it's now the three of you and, and, and let's fast forward a bit. Things sure. take off. You get an office. Yeah. Um, um, so, so yeah, we, we, we get, first of all, we get institutional support by ETH and, and, and the people there and, and also, you know, the emotional support, like, dude, mm. Salim, you're not crazy. You're, you're working on something that is cool, you know, like let's go. And, um, so then we hire the first hire the first employees with, with some of the money from ETH and, and run actually on ETH contracts for, for, for a certain amount of time. Um, and, and then the first sort of, you know, VC round came in. So venture capital round, because we, we got to a point where we knew, dude, if we want to make this big, we need, we need money and we need money that understands that scaling has a higher priority than um, breaking a profit. And this is when, you know, I started connecting with uh, VCs from San Francisco. And uh, just real quick, how does that work? That is something that's super interesting to me. Uh, you come from, it's, it, and I see this in a lot of startups, at least back in the day. Now it kind of shifts. Now mm -hmm. I feel like they know a lot about finance already when they start a company. Mm -hmm. But right now, like, how does that work from, from building something to then realizing, oh, I need to understand finance? I need to sure. talk to to people who are doing this for a living, who who have so much expertise in finance. How do you how sure. do you catch on? How do you jump on that moving train? Well, that's you know that's part of being a founder, right? Um, being everly curious, right? Uh, and 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 sort of learning really really fast. That's what I said before, right? You, you want people who just can learn really fast, and and that's the joy about being a founder. You know, you I, I said this the other day to someone like. Currently, it's, it's, it's one of those moments, again, where I feel constantly uncomfortable doing my work. And that's just because I, I know I'm doing the progress that I need because that, that's why I'm comfortable. It means I'm doing things that I never did before. Hmm. And this makes you feel uncomfortable, right? So this is sort of a good litmus test. And, and this is just reality of being a founder. It's like you have to do the new things. If you're not doing them, the company is not moving forward. So, you know, it's just a forcing function. I mean, you, you just learn as fast as you can. I mean, you just absorb everything that's in the internet. And, and of course, you know, the first meeting that you're going to have with a VC or, or with any angel, there's going to be information asymmetry, right? Mm. But that's fine because, you know, investors, they want to invest in you. You know, it's this weird sort of, well, investors are going to be against you and they're going to have very tough questions and it's going to be a, you know, shark tank type of situation. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not true. They want you, know, you to succeed, right? They want you to succeed. Yeah. They, they have to deploy money and they want to find good founders, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a mutually respectful conversation that you're going to have. And it's also mutual respect. I know investors are better than I am at understanding, you know, the upsides of businesses or understanding markets and, you know, maybe get me the right marketing people, get me the right sales channel going. But I know, you know, they rely on me to build product and to hire a team and, you know, to conquer markets. So there is a, a mutual respect between founders and, and, and VCs. And that's, that's how it was. Right? And then um, you just started reaching out or you started getting connected over certain people at the so, ETH probably or... 
so f- interesting, interesting uh, story from from that time. Um, it was end of 2017 when when I told the guys um, we we need funding. Like otherwise, we're we're not doing that properly. We're just wasting time. You know, let's let's boom or bust. Um, and first, you know, Peter and, and Florian weren't sort of on board with that because it takes. You know, it sounds weird maybe in 2021, but, you know, in 2017, um, it kind of needed courage to to go out as as a Swiss startup and just raise venture funding from, from, you know, people you never heard of. Because at that time, you know, in Switzerland, people still believed, oh, it's it's dangerous to raise money, you know, like, why would you do that? And then the investor is going to come back to haunt you and blah, you know. Very Um, different world now. Sort of, right? Even uh, finally also in Switzerland. Um, so Peter and Florian were sort of against it. And they were like, sure, it's just some crazy thing that Salim again thinks about. And then sort of, you know, because I, even amongst, even amongst Peter and Florian, I was sort of the crazy guy, right? Um, <laughs> I was always, yeah, I was, I was constantly pushing, right? And, and you can yeah. talk to Peter or to Florian, they're going to tell you. I was brutally <laughs> pushing the team, right? Because I, I saw that we had, you know, speed is, is one of the, biggest quality sort of I, I'd say it's just a huge metric that, that makes your yeah. startup being successful or not, right? You have more shots and goal. So this was always top of mind for me. Um and and so I pushed really hard and they were like, okay, that's again one of Salim's things. Um and so I was laughed at. I kid you not, I was laughed at by Peter and and Florian. Probably they don't remember this story, but I do very well. One <laughs> morning, I came in. <laughs> I swear it happened that way. So I, I came I came into the office in one morning, and it was a morning after I had a very nice um, three a.m. conversation with one of the investors in San Francisco. His name was uh, Jacob Mullins. Awesome guy. And that was my very first VC conversation that I had outside of Switzerland. Like literally, the, and, and it's a Sandhill Road company, a Sandhill Road VC firm, you know, like one of the big ones, right? And I was like, shit, that's Sandhill Road, you know, like, oh my God. Like, he took my email, let's go, you know? And I, I, I stayed up until 3 a.m., you know, got a lot of coffees and everything. And I was ready to go at three. And Jacob comes on the call and he's just this, this super nice, super smart guy that just loves to talk to founders and that just loves technology. And we instantly clicked. Like between him and me, we just clicked, right? Um, Obviously, one part was Jacob being a a fantastic salesman because he understood he's selling money and everybody can sell money. So he's going to be extra nice. And and I'm just this sort of founder that talks about technology and, and just, you know, have this passion in me. And so we just clicked. Right. And so I had this call and I was so hyped afterwards. I was like, that was so nice. You know, like, I think we have something going here. I think that could be the first check in, you know, and um, I couldn't sleep. So then at like (laughs) like eight o'clock or something, I I dragged myself to the office and Peter and Florian are there already. And I was like, guys, I had this awesome call with Jacob and he sent me this follow up email and he said, dude, you have an awesome company, this and that, you know. And Peter and, and Florian just laughed at me. They were like, you know, sort of smiling it off. They're like, oh, yeah, that's nice, Celine. They're there, you know, like, that's nice. Um, you know that the Americans are always, they they always find everything awesome and everything is fantastic and everything is great, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yes. you guys don't understand. It's like we had this connection. Like, yes. you don't understand. 
Um, and that was, yeah, that was the first VC call that I had. And then, you know, it, it was just like that. They did not understand, but Jacob was in. Like Jacob was the first check-in and that guy connected me then to everyone in San Francisco. Like that unlocked to that ecosystem. Dude, Jacob, he was life-changing. And and I told him obviously multiple times that, that he was life-changing to me because not only did he write the first check, the first 100,000 came from him, but he also introduced me to his entire, well, the entire network that was relevant to me. Mm. He has such a huge network and the guy was just relentless. He wrote like 30 introduction emails, 30. Jesus. And to, to the who is who of, of, of SF. You know, to like you're Spencer. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy, and, and that, up. <laughs> that was crazy, man. And, and you know, like it was, it was Founders Fund. It was, it was Sequoia. It was Greylock. It was General Capitalist. It was all the big Sand Hill Road wow. funds, like in one go. And he just said to everyone, I love this guy. He has an awesome product. You should talk to him. And the unlock was tremendous. In two two weeks, we raised nine hundred thousand dollars. In two Jesus. weeks, it was in the bank account on the bank account. In two weeks, Jesus. And, and I've never met those people before. But it was Jacob, sort of you know referral plus then me obviously delivering on on the promise and sort of getting those people excited um, that just made the people commit. And it was so fast that we did not even have a US company. I just told them the first, like one of the questions Jacob asked me, like, do you guys have a US company or something? It's like, yeah, we have one for sure. Yeah. And I was just noting down, you know, found US company, like, like, like incorporate, you know, that, that's how fast it went. And that was before Christmas. And, and I, I met Jacob um you know in, in q4 of of 2017 or something and um and and yeah we closed around 900,000 just before christmas everybody committed like 100k's were just coming in like, and that that was sort of the the start of it right how crazy did that feel when you hear like like all the names from the movies and and yeah. from you know how, how crazy does that feel at, at first, you know, at first you feel like the outsider that sort of gets a pass, you know, the, the outsider that, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of, the cool kid brought you to the party. You would never get in into that party, but now the cool kid brought you in and, and sort of you behave that way, right? It's like, I know I'm not supposed to be here, but hey, like that guy brought me in, like <laughs> I might just want to enjoy it. Uh, so that was sort of the feeling at first, but then over time they became peers very fast. And that's not, you know, probably in part because of just my personality. I'm just, I'm just driven and eager to, you know, be part of that. And, and, and I want to prove myself, you know, that, that I'm part of it. That grit. But also, yeah. But, but also, um, to be quite honest, it's, um, it's the people that they, they just accept you. You know, they, they just bring you into their network, right? They want to work with you. And, and this is why SF is still a very, very magical place and very hard to reproduce. It's like mm -hmm. these, this reciprocity that you have there, you know, that, that people, they just give back because they know they're going to, you know, get it back from somewhere else, right? So this, this reciprocity without sort of any intention, you know, that, that what's, what, what makes it the real special place. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine. I mean, it's right. It's, it's, 
it's like a recurring theme. It's like it, you feel like you don't belong, and then you meet people who are like minded. Like, oh God, yeah, this is exactly. there's there's a exactly. world out that, there. That's right? my crowd. I mean, that was you know the the next yeah. elevation, right? That's exactly what you say. It was it was even more my crowd than what it was in Zurich, and you know this this came back as you say. It's a recurring theme because I I spend more and more and more time in SF because we were doing business there. You know, with you know our so basically long story short, our technology kind of took off. Um, in, in the AR space, but we were also lucky that, you know, Niantic with Pokemon Go, Apple and Google sort of, you know, took off with their technology. Mm. So it was a very nice boost. And, and we, we started doing business with, with a lot of the big companies I just mentioned. Um, so I, I was, I was spending more and more time in SF and I took this energy. I always took it back to, to Zurich because Jesus, now Zurich felt so slow, you know, mm. it felt like, oh my God, we're too comfortable here. It's like we have everything. Like we have nice salaries, <laughs> we have a nice office. Like Jesus. So I, I took the team and, and constantly, you know, tried to shake them up. And um, luckily, the people that we hired by then, the team was like thirty people or something. They 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 were all super super driven, right? Um, so I you know I didn't have to shake them up yeah. a lot all the time. Um, but yeah. Did you consider moving? I mean, I have no clue. It doesn't sound like to me like you had to be in Zurich, but but it, it apparently gave you so much energy, and it was like your double shot of es espresso whenever you got there, and you probably yeah. came back and were like, "Let's do things. I'm ready. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. You need to yeah. feel this. You should have been there." And did you ever thought because you said you, you were pushing people, you were crazy in certain things. Did you ever think like, you know what? We got to go there. We have to be there. You all of you have to feel what I feel when I'm yeah. there. Funnily enough, no. <laughs> Funnily enough, no. Um, the, it was it was just perfect, like this arbitrage that we could do, um, you know, living in both places, working in both places. Because talent in, in SF is absurdly expensive. Mm. And they're, you know, compared to Zurich, they're not better. I would even argue they're, they're okay. worse, you know. But... You know, like let, let's not great. Let's 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 not great people. Um, it's just like they're super expensive over there. Um, so having a tech team in Zurich that is world class, like by all means, yeah. um, just made made a ton of sense. And and I all was right. doing basically the biz dev in in SF, and and all that it that it needed was me because I was firing in all cylinders, doing the biz dev and and you know doing all all the deals and everything. Apparently, one person was enough there. Okay. So, so you said just, and I don't want to spend so much time on this because we talked a lot about this, but I could probably <laughs> ask you so many questions. Um, so at the beginning you were hands-on, right? You, you yeah. even coded a bit and that's all. And that then very quickly shifted. Yes. And, and, and I remember when you joined in here earlier, you said you talk to people for a living. Yes. When, when did, when, when did that happen? When did that, did that happen very quickly or did you still do some hands-on or was it at some point that you were just doing the biz dev and that's it. Mm -hmm. That happened uh, fairly early. And that was just because, you know, I had to acknowledge that, that I'm not, not the best anymore in developing stuff because now we have Florian and I was not the best in designing stuff because we had Peter. Um, but what both of them were lacking was sort of the ability to, you know, sell the bigger vision coherently and concisely to other people and get them excited. Right. And, and I think that's sort of, you know, a, a tremendous skill set that you that a founding team needs, because basically that's probably what we talked about before at, at one point is as a founder, 
as a non-technical founder, let's say, um, if you choose to be that one, your job is to sell, right? And you're selling to employees. You're selling the vision and the mission because you got to get them in. You're selling to investors the vision and the mission and, you know, the, the drive behind the company because you got to get them in, right? And obviously, you're selling to customers, yeah. right? So having someone who is able to, you know, convincingly tell a story and authentically tell a story, right, is is a huge asset to to a startup. And and I saw that for whatever reason, I knew how to do that. And even more, I just really, really enjoyed it. You know, I just enjoyed being the firewall, basically, the firewall f- so that the product team and the tech team could just do their work. You know, there, there was not... You know, I, I could take care of everything for the product and, and design team so that they can focus, you know, mm. be it legal, biz, HR, anything. I just want my guys to be able to focus, right? That's awesome. And that that's something, right, that even in companies these days and big corporations that are not as nimble, not as, not as, as fast, as quick as startups, though they want to be, right? Mm. Um that, that's something where there's even roles established just for that, right? Make sure everybody can focus. For sure. Make sure they don't CLO, stretch themselves thin. That, that's, that's one of those positions, right? Yeah. Chief operating officer, he's just doing operations, man, so that, you know, his CEO has time to think about vision. Like, where does this boat go? Yeah. Right? And, and you know, you need the mind space, man. It's like the, the amount of tasks that come in. Because remember, the, the, the startup is default dead if you're not working the startup doesn't go anywhere so the the amount of tasks that come in are quickly very very overwhelming so sort of having the ability to get this job done and then have enough mind space to sort of steer the company the right direction is is very difficult yeah right it's it's also you know it's not going anywhere if you don't do anything but also it's eating itself at some point right you implode you don't have any money (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and it sounds so simple but it must be so frightening right at some point you're like oh god well you, what are we i doing? mean you know obviously one number that you always had in mind was uh, your burn rate you yeah. know your runway how long do you have until you die that's and that's something you constantly have in your mind so you, you constantly have your customers in mind like the numbers the kpis that track your customers and you constantly have internal kpis in mind when you yeah. implode for sure did you did you ever get close Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay, let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that happens, right? <laughs> yeah, sleepless yeah. nights, getting close to implode, oh, flatline, yeah. whole yeah. deal. I mean, sleepless nights, you know, <laughs> the thing is, you know, to be quite honest, I sleep like a baby. Very, you know, Good most, you. N- 99% <laughs> of the nights. I don't know how this happens, but, you know, I close my eyes and boom, I'm gone. The problem is, um, if I wake up, you know, let's say I have need a, a PP break or something, if I wake up, then it could be that I don't fall back asleep because then the mind mm-hmm. is just going. Yeah. Um, but usually sleepless nights where, you know, emails came in from, from SF and I'm in Zurich. I hear them and then I'm awake. Yeah. But I never had troubles falling, falling asleep. Yeah, that's interesting. I, so I always had, like, since I could, could remember, I always had trouble sleeping, falling asleep. And it wasn't even that my mind kept racing. It was just I just couldn't sleep. But then, but then the funny thing is that you describe it. It's so common to me. I wake up. I, I think I've never had trouble getting out of bed in my life. Yeah. I wake up sure. and my mind just 
kickstarts it's like you know get that yeah get that gallon of fuel in there like oh i'm gonna do this today yeah let's change the world come on yeah it's it's so easy morning person for sure for sure morning person but then you know i I was happy that florian was a night person for instance because my brain starts shutting down at like i'd say 11 11 30 my brain starts to shut down okay um you know so there are pros and cons i'm definitely a morning person and, and thank god you know florian for instance was a night person so then we could balance each other out Super. So, so, and then everything takes off. You do the biz dev, fly back yeah. and forth, and yeah. and at some point you're, you're you you're thinking about selling it. Kind of. Or did that just happen, or that, did that was it sort of the, the, the acquisition? It? No, the acquisition actually just happened um, because we had some previous ties to that company, and and over time okay. it just made sense to basically sell off. Um, the, the 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 company to to that bigger company um we weren't really pursuing it um but yeah that that was basically the story you know we we, we started doing a lot of a lot of business in in sf with a lot of big companies yeah um at one point you know we then became self-sustain sustaining um and yeah then uh at at one point you know we we, we get this offer and uh it, it made sense at the time. It, it still makes sense today. It was it yeah. was a nice sort of exit for for um, the story in itself, and um, freed freed me up to think about the next thing, which which I really really enjoy. How did so? How did that? How did that happen in the? Or how did that feel? Let's say I'm, I'm just imagining. You know, it's the it's the three founders sitting in an office. Uh, you just like exit it, and you just sit there and you just look at each other. It was like. Did that really just happen? Like kinda, seriously? Kind of. You just sit there for an hour, don't talk to each other. That's how I imagined it. You're like, whoa. <laughs> not so. Not really. It was more like we were in the room, yes. Um, and I got the email, and so then I I, I brought um, I brought brought the other guys into room and 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 we discussed it. And at first, you know, it, it's it's sort of hype, but then it's like. Uh, they they worry and you know it's like it's like all all emotions you, you can't imagine yeah. um yeah it was it was it was a special moment just just because you know you and your co-founder it's like is that is that now happening like do we want this yes or no yes exactly right, right? that's what that would have been my next question it's like i can imagine that email gets in your heart just drops and you're like whoa that's a number you, you know whoa yeah. But then, but then the other part is like, then you start, I can imagine you start talking about it. And, and as you said, uh, as we talked about the last, it's already almost an hour, right? You built that baby, you mm-hmm. nurtured that you built mm-hmm. it, you, 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 you put your heart, your soul into it. And then you're on the, on the verge of just, you know, giving it away. Yeah. And I can imagine that's also a part where you're like contemplating, should we do that? Yeah, uh, more you know, not 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 the product in itself, but more sort of yeah, the island that you've built, right? Yeah, um, because it's it's somewhere where you feel very accepted, and it, it's 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 a place where you feel very safe, you know. So that was that was more sort of what what made me think, like, will I ever ever get this again? Right, we we called each other, you know, uh, a family, literally. Yeah. Right, and so so this was sort of the part where I was thinking, hey, 
I mean, this has been my family for the last three and a half, four years almost. Um, are we ready to just move on? Yeah, that, that must be the beauty, right? I mean, you said at the beginning, island of misfits and you yeah. build it and it's yeah. it's just this community of crazy yeah. people who have the same drive energy and yeah want to just change things a hand-picked group and, of of super awesome people you know that yes. you identify with and the beauty is that doesn't end right after that you still have all these relationships you still have yeah. all these ties to the people for sure that that you can take with whatever endeavor you want to go next yeah working with some some of them right now today you know working working on 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 new things together just because it's fun yeah right <laughs> yeah that, that must be great so so now that happened uh yeah you exited and and now just just you know the two of us listening here <laughs> sure. well how did that how did that happen did you just did you then just do the cliche half a year off three months off or did you plan that you take three months off and after like four days, you're like, I can't just take off. I've been used to, to, to drinking gasoline every single day. Uh, what happened next? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, it was sort of a, it was a weird time because, um, you know, Rona was everywhere. So um, it was, it was the pandemic. Um, yeah. So it was, it was April, May, something like this. Um of 2020 so we were in the first lockdown here in switzerland um so actually i i could finally take a step back and yeah. think jesus what happened <laughs> you know what 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 did i learn um and yeah what what should i do next um and and i tried to tell myself you know salim you never took a gap year you you always did everything one thing after the other you know like you always <laughs> busted your ass take a year off at least yeah. I, that's what i told myself um, probably not that person <laughs> it, it didn't work i got crazy like after after a month i got crazy and i just started you know calling calling friends from sf calling friends from berlin um, i looked into a tremendous amount of, of very 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 cool businesses that i could have been joining um you know, because I have awesome friends who found awesome companies or, or yeah. also bigger companies in SF, you know, the, the cliche thing, Facebook, Google, these kind of things. Um, yeah. And, and even one company, to be quite honest, I even signed with one of the, the, the big, big companies in SF. Um, and I really wanted sort of, I believe I really wanted to do that, um, to do that job. Um, and financially, it would have been a very sweet deal, you know, but then at, at, at one point I saw how my girlfriend sort of, she, she wasn't too excited about moving to SF for me to mm. do that job. And also emotionally, you know, I was like, dude, I, I can't work there. It's like already now these weird people ask things of me and I'm already pissed that I sort of have, <laughs> you know, these people demanding things from me. Unemployable. <laughs> yeah, this is this. I I noticed it firsthand. There, you know, I felt it. It's like I, 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 so I resigned um, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, because the guys were they were super cool, and the company is fantastic. Um, yeah. However, uh, I then again took a step back because this was sort of this urge to action from my end, right? You probably know that as well. It's like 
I, I can't have no action. Like I had an urge to do something, right? And 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 sort of, yeah. you know, going along this path of interviewing <laughs> and talking to people felt like, oh dude, I'm doing something. Like I'm not I'm not just this this guy who now, you know, takes a gap year. I'm doing something, you know, and, and I'm actually succeeding at doing something because I'm signing this tremendous offer and you know like yes. success you know um but it was it was i was mentally probably not in a good place um so i said okay now actively take a step back and that's what i did and then i started thinking about um how i could help in in the, the swiss ecosystem the swiss startup ecosystem mm-hmm. because they gave me so much at the beginning right they they supported yeah. me and made me feel welcome send um, the elevator back down exactly um and and this is where then um, someone reached out um, from a bigger foundation and and asked me if I wanted to help her build a venture fund. And um, this venture fund, I said, yes, absolutely. Um, because I really respect the person. She's a tremendous yeah. sort of actor in the ecosystem. Um, and there I just saw, you know, my learning curve like the opportunity to learn new stuff was just, it was just steep. It was just, yeah. you know, vertical. I, I was like, I love that. That's a new challenge I want to tackle. Because yes, obviously as a founder, I know VCs pretty well. I know, you know, how you can sell money. You know, I know what founders like, what they don't like, all of that stuff. Um, but obviously what I didn't know is everything behind the scenes of a VC fund. Like, I didn't even know that that the fund was a legal entity, man. Like, I knew there are GPs and LPs and stuff, but, you know, all of that stuff, I had no idea. So the yeah. learning curve was just so steep that, that I loved it. And, and, you know, ever since starting, I've been uncomfortable day in, day out, just because, you know, I'm taking decisions on things that I have absolutely no idea about. Yeah. And um, I hope I'm taking the right decisions. Obviously, I'm talking to the right people to sort of guide me, you know, and have a tremendous support. Pascal Fondmont. Um, who was the, the woman I was referring to uh, before. Shout she's out. tremendous. Yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Pascal Fondman. She's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly. And um, so she's obviously someone I, I can lean on for advice. And and also she she has a tremendous drive. It's it's incredible. And and other people, you know, Roland Seagott from ETH, like hmm. all of those people, I, so, I sort of get to work with them now once again in this in this fund. And that's, that must be so cool, right? It's kind of the tables are turning. And now yeah. you're sitting across from people that were you back yeah. in the day yeah. when Jacob was there. Yeah. And now here, here's what I wonder. What, you, what, did you, what, what did you take from Jacob? Because you, you talked so profoundly of him and how he mm-hmm. was and how he was that unlock and, and yeah. it, that relationship that formed. What did you take from, from the experience with him that you're doing now as well and maybe what are you doing different yeah you know so just quickly the the, the fund that that we brought together is the kick fund it's a 60 million dollar vehicle and it's here to support founders like me early stage founders yeah. in the swiss ecosystem um i haven't written a check yet um probably will write my first check in in june or july depending on the timeline um but basically i've, I've taken a lot of meetings with startups already and and the personality that i see sort of converging to me now my new vc sort of personality that i'm building up um i just see myself as a as a supporter of founders i just am 
sort of here for the founder. You know, I, I constantly try to ask questions in the realm of what if this goes right, not what if this goes wrong. You know, I mm. really believe in the founder and, and I really try to help them. Like sometimes I even tell them, look, now I take off my VC hat. Now it's founder to founder. It's like ABC looks fantastic, <laughs> you know, like real talk. Yeah. And, and, and I just try, you know, it's just, I'm just being authentic. Right? Yeah. Because I know what pain they go through and I hate nothing more. Sometimes you have these weird competition, pitch competitions and with those second tier VCs that never been a founder that come from, from consulting or whatever. And they shit on the founder. I hate nothing more because these yeah. people have zero empathy. They don't know what it means to build a company. You can read all you want about building a company. You have still no clue what it is to build a company. Yeah. You don't, you don't know. What it means to you know be in the room with someone, get them in, persuade them to come in, and then four weeks later fire them, shatter all of their dreams because it didn't work out, or what it means you know to try and get money and sixty VCs say no, you know so so these people have no empathy, and I try to be you know just really authentic, and sort of supporting those founders and 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 telling them look I know what you're going through, yeah, and I'm here to help. That's and what you, Jacob yeah, did. And you're there to help them build their dream, right? Yes. Because you partner up with them. Yes. And no dream is too big, you know, or too crazy. It's like, dude, if you want to work on brain interfaces, like with sort of putting gels into the brain and putting electrodes on that, I salute you, man. Like, do that, you know? And that's honestly speaking, that's 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 how I think about the job. I I whole I couldn't. I couldn't agree more, especially in these times, right? Where, where things that used to seem crazy just happen. People just build it, right? Sure. And it's also, I mean, I, I obviously I'm, I'm employed. I build services. I build new projects, initiatives, and small things. But I always, one thing I always resort back to is like, look, if you can dream it, you can build it. Probably, probably. And I, I, and I believe in that, right? It might take time, might take decades, right? Might take yeah. take resources, but if you can dream it, there's one way to make it a reality. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's I I don't want to just sort of put it on the you know just the build it kind of aspect. It's just I just want to support founders, man. It's like if I I want to be you know the first call if if they have a problem, you know, or yeah. if they need to sort of close a good candidate, you know, or, or if they need a reference, like, I just, I just want to be there because I know how much it helped me, you know, and obviously I have a very young career. Um, and, and I, I'm here to learn tons more. What I learned, however, so far is sort of that it can be really hard as founders at the beginning of your journey, if you don't have anyone really believing in you. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and that must and be the, so great for founders, right? If someone believes in them, if you see yes. it, Yes. And you're not crazy, right? You're not yeah. insane. Yes, that's it, right? Someone yeah. finally who tells you, dude, you're not crazy, man. You're just very ambitious, you know? You just really want to do something that is really hard to do, but that doesn't make you crazy. Yeah. You know? And you know what? This whole this whole sanity check, I, I also have a, f a handful of people in my surroundings where I call at mm -hmm. some points, usually it's late at night. Yeah. And I just call like, hey, you got a minute? And then like, sure, what's up? And then I tell them like, look, I'm, I'm thinking of this and this and this. And then you're just looking at them and and it's not it's not the doubt from everyone else. I think I think if you want to build something, doubts from other people, they should be second to, you shouldn't even pay attention sure. to them. But usually sure. you don't. But then it's that, it's that when that doubt like 
gets into you and you start to doubt yourself and like, am I crazy? Maybe I, I am crazy, right? And then you just, and it's, that for me is is one of the most valuable things in my surroundings. Some of the people I know, I just, I could call them like, am I crazy? Just tell me. Sure. Right? Am I yeah. insane? And that really helps. That sanity Definitely. check. Definitely. And I would also say, you know, strong founders at that moment in time, and I think that's also very important for this discussion is they will act, right? So it's not inertia it's like it's it's not inaction it's like they want to have action that's also very very important and, and something you know that i pay particular attention to is i want to see action if somebody yeah. you know just talks to me about the same thing over and over again but doesn't mm, take any actions happens. that's something i i don't you know will pay too close attention to over time but if i see someone you know who has big dreams and acts on them you know gets stuff done yeah you know or how young people say get shit done you know <laughs> yeah create um, value yes then i start paying close attention you know and, and i'm here to support i'm not here to support sort of vapor dreams or whatever like this is something i i really learned i don't have the patience for that or the passion for that um yeah. but if somebody has dreams and he takes action by all means call me it's awesome you know, happy to support so you founded the kick fund now what what's 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 the problems on top of mind right now for you Prof professionally i mean there are a lot of things that are not so interesting to talk about because it's okay. a lot of legal stuff right now i understand um, i can imagine yeah, I mean, to get that fund set up, that's what I talked about before, right? All of these weird entities that need to get set up. And, <laughs> I, I mean, there's this inverse dream. correlation of, of, of speed and having lawyers involved. Um, mm. So we're at that stage where the tipping point is reached and we have more lawyers than actually uh, steps we shouldn't, you know, should and can take. Um, wow. So, you know, it's sort of... But I mean, I, th I think that's just a problem of a first-time first time fund. Um, so that's not, not as interesting to talk about here. Um, more interesting is the way I sort of try to think about the future of the innovation ecosystem in Switzerland, because I'm fortunate enough to, to be in a place with the kick fund where I think I can meaningfully sort of, you know, help the ecosystem move forward. Um, and that's just because of, of the, the LPs that are in the fund or of the interested parties that sort of associate with, with the fund. As what I said, LP? LP is a limited partner. So basically the investors of the fund. Okay. And, um, and these are all people who have a vested interest in helping the Swiss innovation ecosystem move forward. Because, you know, the, what, what really sold me on, on helping build up that fund was sort of the idea that Switzerland might be struggling in 20, 15 to 20 years, you know, because the financial place sort of will, will change tremendously over the next couple of decades, you know, not just because of crypto or anything, but just in general, you know, the banking and financial yeah. systems will change. And Switzerland currently might not be best positioned to sort of capitalize on the change. Um, so everything that Switzerland um, will have to sort of, you know, play a big role 
on the worldwide stage is going to be innovation, right? It's going to be, you know, yep. our brain power um, because we don't have any resources, FYI. Um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I really want to see how can this fund sort of positively impact the innovation ecosystem and how can we have a lasting, yeah, positive effect. And, and that's sort of what, what I'm thinking about right now. That's awesome. I like it, let's say. <laughs> I, I could, I have thousands of questions, but you know what? I, I just think about something. Selim, where do you think the world's going? Where the world, that's like the, the, the starting question of this, of this podcast. Like, who are you? <laughs> where is so the world going? And, and where's, and you know, world is a very funny definition when I ask people like, you know, you could change the world. It's like you start with yourself first, your own brain, that's your world. And then you have your surroundings and then you have the things you want to do. Where's, where's your world going? Where do you want to be? Where, where's your dream when it comes to building that innovation ecosystem and, and being a part of it and a partner? What's your, what's your success look like? What's your dream state where, you, where you're trying to accelerate towards right now with, with what you're doing? Yeah, I think um, currently I define success as having you know, multiple Swiss startups who reach global scale in the next couple of years. You know, if, if, if we achieve that and we have the kick fund be part of it, I think that's what I would sort of call a success. If, if I can see a mind shift, you know, in, in Swiss early stage founders, because I target early stage of the fund, right? So if I can see that founders I talk to get progressively more ambitious and more aggressive, in sort of trying to reach global scale, mm. I think I would call that success because this is what, what we're going to need. You know, we're going to need category defining, market defining companies coming from Switzerland because this will, you know, drive in a lot of late stage capital, a lot of talent, a lot of just other companies moving here to Switzerland. Um, and in turn, that will then help the innovation ecosystem, right? So I think we should start with, you know, just founders who have global ambition, who then get the support that they need, early stage and late stage. And this then sort of will get this this ball rolling, you know. Mm. And then that's, you know, on, on a five-year scale, that's what I would, would call success. That's super inspiring. Where, where can these founders reach out? Uh, Salim at kickfund.ch would be the easiest. Perfect. You know? and, and what I want to do in this podcast is at the end, I want to give you an advertisement spot. I was an just going to say, look, yes. Yeah, so, so while I'm rambling on here for, uh, for, the, for the next, like, I don't know, minute or two, however long, long you need, right? Whatever you want to say, you can talk about your sourdough bread making efforts, right? <laughs> uh, you could talk about about your your StarCraft career that almost happened. I'm pulling mm -hmm. on memories here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you can sourdough talk about whatever you want. But, okay. but, but also about KickFund, whatever you want to talk about, take a minute, take 30 seconds. Your shout out to everybody out there listening. All right. Um. I think, you know, we, we talked about a lot of things that, that, that were um, important to me, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't have much more to say than, you know, shout out to, to Jacob. You know, he's just an awesome guy. If you want to reach him, it's Shasta Ventures. 
fantastic guy. Um, if, you know, or obviously Pascal from Gaberuf, Gaberuf Foundation, fantastic foundation that really helps innovation in Switzerland. Um, if you have innovative projects that you believe could benefit from foundational support, reach out to them. And um, overall, I think I just want to say be very specific with, with your time um, and, and always sort of opt for action rather than inaction. You know, always don't, don't ask for permission. You know, that's something I have written all over my things. Don't ask for permission. You know, just go out and do it. You know, and, and permission could be permission from, from your friends, from your parents. It could also be, however, permission from universities. You know, you don't need that degree. Probably you don't need it. Go out and just do it. You know, probably you don't need whatever other sort of institutional grading you're, you're going after. Just do it. You know, like don't ask for permission and really use your time. That's sort of what, what I live by. And, and for me, it, it, it makes me happy. So if, if, if it helps someone, awesome. I couldn't agree more, Salim. It's uh, don't let others judge you. No one, no one gets the right sure. to judge you. Judge yourself. Just yeah. go do it. Just do it. Yeah. Don't ask for permission, man. That, that's, yeah. that's the best thing, you know? Listen, it was awesome having you on. We're at Thanks the end. Me, it's an hour yeah. 20. Um, I thought, you know, since Sorry. this is the first episode, <laughs> and no, this is awesome. I could have kept going. Um, I got a little something for you. So I thought about what can I do? What can I do to thank you, Salim? And, mm -hmm. and you know, wow. NFTs are oh, coming wow. up. Okay. And, and, and I thought about something. So first of all, I, I, you know, this is the logo of the podcast. I've 3D oh, printed okay. it. I wow. just worked on it. Um, you're going to get one of those coasters. I'm going to get wow. you one. But what you also get is there's an NFT attached. Whoa. And it has, okay. it has your... Zero zero one episode on it. No Selim way! Benaya. I get the zero zero one. Oh my! You get God. the zero zero one selling Benaya NFT. You can link it wherever. I will transfer it Thanks to so your much. wallet. Wow! And you can keep that. You can trade it. You can do whatever you want. Um, what's on there is if you have that NFT. Um, what's on there only visible to the one that holds it. Yeah. Whenever you meet me, coffee's on me for the rest of your life. Wow! Okay. That's on I'll that take NFT. That, man. On life, dude. I'm Whenever you meet me, coffee. now let's <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of your life. When we meet, coffee's on me. As long as you possess that NFT, okay. <laughs> if you fantastic. trade it, then that person gets it. <laughs> okay, the ownership moves on. Fantastic. Exactly. All right. Thank you Dude, so thanks much. Thanks so much, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a blast, and um, I hope people people will enjoy it, man. I certainly did. Um, thanks for asking asking the questions you asked, and. Um, yeah, thanks for being a, an awesome podcaster and sparring partner, man. Dude, uh, next time you come around, super happy to talk about other things. If you have something on top of your mind, always happy to do it. All right. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. If you stuck it out for one hour and 20 minutes, thank you so much for your attention. I hope it was interesting. Um, and I guess this is, this, is, this is what I have to do now, right? It's like uh, link, subscribe, comment, leave feedback. I want to know. I want to improve. Um, also, a little shout out to Selim. You did a great job. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a nice day. See ya.